Yes. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tech Talk is underway. Doug Swinhart in studio. Phone lines are open on this chilly day. 651-989-9226. Text 81807. That is 81807 here at CCO. And, of course, this is all about your calls. If you're having problems with your computer, hardware, software, whatever, feel free to call or text the program, once again, 651-989-9226, or you can text 81807 here at CCO. Doug, how are you? Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Well, Steve, I've been cold. You know, this little snap, we've been spoiled all year, as you know, and I'm cold. Yeah, it, it is chilly, and we're going to ride the roller coaster, a warm-up tomorrow, Cools down again for New Year's, and then 30s again by the end of the week. So uh, the good news is no extended cold snap. Like in the old days, we'd get uh, a week or two where the high was zero and the low was 15 below every night. It doesn't look like we see any of that in the foreseeable future. So there is good news there. Uh, Quick uh, public service announcement on the program. Let's start with uh, very cold, dry weather and uh, that bugaboo static electricity, it's still a real deal and can cause problems. It really can. In fact, I had a, a long-term customer drop off her computer. She said she couldn't get it booted for two days. I, while she was at the door, I actually took the battery out, held the power button down, put the battery back in, fired right up. That was static. That was the only thing that can, can actually create that type of behavior. In addition to that, I had a guy drop off a laptop. His screen was completely shattered. Left it laying in a cold car, oh. powered that baby up, and the screen, i just it was shattered. looked like somebody took a hammer and hit it right in the middle. Wow. Just gone. And that's rare that a screen goes that bad. I, I don't know how cold it was. I don't know how warm it was. But that here again, it could have all been avoided. We must let this equipment climatize. You really got to let it climatize. If you've got it in your car and you bring it in, give it at least 45 minutes to an hour. That's coming from a warm car. If it lays out overnight or over a weekend, I would bring that baby in the house and I wouldn't touch it for at least 24 hours, maybe longer, uh, depending on how cold it is. But this this is very, very hard. and, And it appears to me, as our equipment gets smaller and more technical and lighter, this seems to be getting to be... A bigger issue. So, yeah, keep this in mind. This is huge. And I don't foresee the prices of computers taking a drastic drop in price coming up either. If we're going to be having the tariffs from China, which, as you know, most of the components go into the into the computer are coming from China or Taiwan. So these tariffs are probably going to affect us. I hope we don't see it for a while. Hope we never see it. But it's a good thing to know that with computers, we absolutely get what we pay for today, and we pay for what we get. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, one other item we want to get into, and there have been uh, in the news huge stories about privacy. 
and what you do online. Facebook comes to mind. Uh, there are other instances. Facebook seems to be the biggest. But uh, we're starting to see a trend where even um, maybe the people we buy equipment from or the software we use, they are mining data. And there, there are some concerns. There are more and more articles about, say, for instance, an operating system like Windows 10. W- without getting too far into the weeds, let, let, let's get into what people should be concerned about, uh, maybe what they should and shouldn't be doing right now. Well, you know, this is a big issue, and I'm surprised that we're even going to discuss it for a few minutes. But the privacy thing is huge. People used to say, well, how can Microsoft just give away Windows 10? They're actually mining data in the background. And I'm not a lawyer, but my understanding is they're not supposed to be doing it, especially to this level. And every time we get an update, they're resetting things to the defaults. When I set up a new machine with Windows 10, today I spend at least two to three times as long shutting off that privacy stuff as I do optimizing and installing the actual operating system. Now, my hope is from watching the, the, our, our lawmakers going after Google and going after Facebook and going after LinkedIn, my hope is that one day it evolves and it goes right after Microsoft as well. There, we do need some oversight in this area. I, I, I just can't say it enough. But as far as what people can do, this gets pretty technical on the operating system. Um, when you start to get into this, there are some things that you can do. SpyBot Active Beacon is big. If you can get your update shut off, that you should probably do that at this point if it's a concern. Uh, but it, it can get pretty complex. And I'm hoping to put something on my website that will walk people through that. But like I say, Steve, average on a new install, I spend at least three hours on each computer taking this stuff off and making sure everything runs. Yeah, and it is it is one of those things where uh, they they make it so easy just to take all the updates and why not let it update automatically and how does it affect me and I'm not really doing anything wrong or going to websites I shouldn't be going to, so how does it impact me? But I think we head down that slippery slope where, you know, is anything private anymore? And that that's a huge discussion. We could probably spend all day no doubt. talking about that. But we have brought it up on the program before. When you're on a computer and you are online, you have to operate under the assumption that this is being tracked somewhere by someone. Absolutely. See, and when we think in those terms, that brings me right back around with, well, these hackers can just get right into your, you know, they're leaving footprints. They're leaving fingerprints. Yeah. Now, they're going to be leaving a bunch of them and trying to cover their tracks. But if we had the time and the money, we could get every one of them. And I truly believe that the security specialists have that in their mind and in their heart. And we're not seeing near as much of this nonsense today as we used to. Still out there, but not near as bad. Again, I have to reiterate what you said, Steve. When you're on the Internet and you think you're anonymous, you might as well be standing right in the middle of Fifth and Marquette or Fifth and Hennepin, no. right downtown, and screaming your lungs out because you are not anonymous. There's no such thing. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, and, you know, you can still operate online if you mind your P's and Q's and you have the proper software and antivirus and so on and so forth. 
But the idea that what you're doing online is in some way, shape, or form private, I just don't buy it. No. I think there's too much evidence to the contrary Absolutely. to say otherwise. Oh, no question about that. And a company like Facebook, um, they, they've made billions on your info. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're the product. Oh, absolutely. And, and part of the problem with this that's going on in the background is when they do this data mining, they are actually tracking your IP address, your location. They're keeping track of your age. And it's getting to the point where it's individual, absolutely individual. And I'm, I'm waiting for our laws to start to catch up with that. And hopefully we are evolving into that very quickly. I think this is going to be a huge issue. Not to mention, when we're shuffling all that data to Microsoft, we are paying Internet service to do that. And I also think that that's wrong. If, if we're going to be giving something and giving something up, we should be actually getting something in return. And a free operating system doesn't cut it. It's close, but it doesn't cut it. So I, I'm going to be real curious to watch to see how this unfolds. This is getting to be more and more noticed by more people. So I think there's going to be some things happening in the next two to three years. We'll keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, quick phone call before we break, and then all about your calls and texts here on Tech Talk. Text line 81807. That's filling up quickly. 81807. Full lines, we have a couple open at 651-989-9226. Those numbers are good for all our programs here on CCO. Let's go to Frank. Frank, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Doug. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up, Frank? Yes, sir. Um, Can you explain the difference between using a a Chromebook and a traditional laptop that uh, would be installed with a Windows 10? Um, I'm also wondering, am I able to be not tracked if I use a Google book? Um, I've heard that you don't really need an antivirus if you go with uh, a Google, a, a Chromebook product. Uh, you know, these are really big questions, both of them. First of all, a Chromebook and a PC, that's pretty large. With a Chromebook, you actually have to be online to operate. Your word processor is underneath Google Drive or Google Apps. Your spreadsheets are under Google Apps. So really, there's not much you can do with a Chromebook if you're not connected to the Internet. That's first. With a PC, you can have two operating systems. You can have Windows and Linux. And both will have Office products and Gallery products, and you can save your pictures. So you could be working a lot more offline. That's the big difference. Now, as far as Google tracking your data, they're doing it too. I love Google. Don't get me wrong, but they're doing it too. That not to the point where a lot of other people are, but the, we can't go on. The, but your antivirus has nothing to do with this. This activity of data mining and tracking our activities is way, way deep beneath where most people can even get to or start to shut off. So that's a that's a big thing. I think one of the safest operating system is Linux. But if you work at it, you can make Windows safe as well, as long as you don't go too far and keep some of the software that is Windows compliant from running. So it can get a bit it can get a bit tricky in that area. 
But great call, and thank you. I hope I answered your questions. Uh, quick break. We'll come back, visit with Janice. We'll go to the text line as well. Tag Talk underway on this Saturday. Doug Swinhart in the studio here on CCO. Tech Talk, Doug Swinhart in studio. I'm Steve Thompson, our studio producer, Jonathan Lowe. Phone number is 651-989-9226. Great time to get on the phone lines. We always run out of time at the end of the program. Doug's in uh, between 1 and 2 o'clock on Saturdays. Let's go to the phone lines. Janice, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, I have two computers that Doug has worked on before. The little Dell is beeping all the time when I turn it on. It works, but it's beeping. And my other one, it seems that it, it has a browser that has an infection, if that's at all possible. It is. Uh, the small one I'd have to look at, I have a feeling you've got a depressed key that's not releasing properly, even if you can't see it on your keyboard. The other one, that's a little bit more serious. Somewhere along the line, that particular web browser has accepted or possibly you accepted an extension. Once you let that in, that's like saying, yep, okay, come on in. And some of these extensions, you'll have to go underneath your tools and settings and find extensions and make certain you're using them. In Google Chrome, you can disable them and or remove them. In Firefox, you can disable them and or remove them. Brave works the same. Microsoft Edge gets a little bit more difficult, but you should be able to get rid of them there as well. You might want to download and run ADW Cleaner. Just open up a a Google search page, type in ADW Cleaner space Major Geeks. It'll take you right to the download page. It's a portable package. Doesn't need to install, but that also will look. However, if it's an extension, even ADW Cleaner will think you wanted it, and they will leave it there. So good luck, and thank you for the call. Yeah, and that gets back to one thing. When you're having trouble with, with a browser, whatever that is, having multiple browsers, they're free. It's no big deal to have them available. Here in the studio, we have Internet Explorer, but uh, I, I switch between Chrome and Firefox yep. all day. Yep. Uh, well, and if I worked on those computers, she's got at least three and possibly four. Right. And it showed from the call, I've got a browser. So she is actually probably able to open up another one and keep working. So my guess is it's an extension or, or some type of add-on. That, that is uh, corrupted part of that browser. What, what about removing the problematic browser and reinstalling? Would that help? That would do it as well. Once you take that browser out and completely uninstall it and reinstall it, all of the add-ins, extensions, extra software that you might have got from, from the Chrome store, that's all gone. And you start out with a fresh, fresh browser. Because that's where I bring up something like Revo, which we haven't talked about, R-E-V-O. Love that. A really good un- uninstaller if you want to really clean something out. I, re- I really like Revo. Uh, Piriform has recently sold out CCleaner uh, to Avast. I don't know if they sold out the whole company. I haven't had a chance to really look at sure. that. But Revo Uninstaller, probably one of the best products in PC history, in my opinion. If you buy the professional version, which used to be about 19 bucks, and you turn it on and you tell it to start up Tracker, this thing will actually keep track of everything that that install procedure is running and every change that it's making to your computer. 
five months later, if you use Revo to uninstall it, it will check all those things from the tracker and make sure they're all gone without interfering any kind of dynamic linking to any other program. Yeah, it's a it's an absolute piece of gold. I think for most people who don't do a lot of installations, might not be necessary. But if you're installing stuff once, twice, three, four times a month, I think a recommended application of Revo Uninstaller would be definitely in order. And what what does it do ultimately? What What's the key? What makes it so good? Because... Uh, you know, through uh, Windows, you can uninstall a program. What does Revo do that goes beyond that quickly? When we, you crank up Revo and you tell it to get a program, the procedure that takes place is the first thing that Revo does is it checks to see if you need to do a restore point. My computers, I turn them off. Most people got it turned on. It will first create that restore point. Then it will actually look for the program's uninstall procedure and run that first with Revo laying in the background. When that install procedure is done and it says reboot, you say, no, I'll reboot later. That's when Revo really goes to work. Revo then goes ahead and scans your entire hard drive for any and all leftover files and subdirectories and directories and deletes them all. Then it scans your registry for any registry entries that are left over, delete them also as well. Then you reboot your computer. So just those two extra steps is absolutely huge. I really will keep your computer running top, top shelf. Phone line is open at 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807. A quickie before the break. Would uh, switching my old Asus laptop from Windows 7 to Linux be a good choice? Um, what do you recommend? Yes. I, that's a quick, fast answer. Uh, that old Asus laptop is a prime candidate for an SSD drive, which, by the way, they're on sale again, Steve. 240 gigabyte inland professional at Microsoft. Now I feel like we're working for them. $24. Now, come on. That's 240 gig drive for $24. How hard is it to swap those out? Is it a big deal? Well, it depends on what you do. If you're just yeah. going to do a mirror, then I would say spend a little bit more money and get a Samsung and use their data migration. Then the biggest issue is, can I take it apart? Can I find a service manual yeah. or a YouTube to give me instructions? If that's what you're going to do, that's nothing. If you're going to put in a new drive and set it up with a fresh install of Windows 10 with a dual boot to Linux, if you don't have any experience here, you should probably plan on spending a couple of days learning how to do this and expect some errors and expect to redo it a couple of times. But it would be well worth your while to take that step. And just save your data as long as you have your data safe. The nice thing about that, see, is when they do that, they're going to take their original drive out and set it aside. Yeah. So at any given time, they could put that drive back in. And as long as they remembered the changes that they made in the BIOS, also known as the setup when you first boot, they put it right back in minutes. All right. Quick break. We have the weather. And then more Tech Talk. Phone number again, 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. We have a ton of those. We'll be going to the text line momentarily. So hang in there here on the CCO. 1 to 35 here at CCO Tech Talk. Doug Swinhart in studio. Uh, coming up next hour, how appropriate, uh, 
It is our Ask the Expert Hour. Brian Keene from KNS uh, will be joining us. HVAC coming up. Uh, having trouble with the heat, uh, the humidity in the house. Uh, Brian's your man. We'll get into that next hour here on CCO. Um, from the text line, 81807-81807. Uh, we'll have your phone number and email, by the way, at the end of the program. But uh, Doug, will you help people figure out what Linux install would be correct for them uh, with an old computer? Oh, sure. They give me a call. We'll get through that in five, ten minutes. Yeah. If they want to do the work themselves, absolutely. Uh, send them a couple of websites where they can create their own install media. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, not a problem at all. And, and, is, and is this something where you need to have some experience or can a novice wade into this world, or or should you learn a little bit first? Yeah, you know, I, I think this is an area where with just a little bit of 15, 20 minutes of help will probably save you a day. I got you. It's, um, you can learn it, uh, but there's so much information on the Internet about how to create a, a bootable USB, how to create a bootable DVD, how to figure out if your computer can do that. So just by learning it, where with a phone call... If they tell me what they've got for a make and model, in two minutes I'll say, a USB ain't going to work. A DVD is going to work. And here's how you get into your setup or your BIOS. And from that point on, it's determining how you're going to save your data before you begin. It's considerably less complex than most people realize. All right. uh, Here's a follow-up from earlier. Someone just got an HP Chromebook. Um, I've had good luck with my Chromebook. I don't know how many years it's been, a few uh, I've had a Chromebook, no problems whatsoever. Uh, do you need antivirus? No. Yeah, part of the thing that uh, Google really wanted to push when Chromebooks and Chromeboxes, the desktop version, when they first came out, Google was advertising these as always new, never needing any updates. And I'm not certain if somebody sued them or whatever, but they stopped that. But the reality is... This thing, your entire computer is web-based. As soon as you log on to your Gmail or your Google account, when you open up your Chromebook, what you're looking at is up-to-date software and up-to-date operating system from the time you turn that on. So, yeah, it's uh, not necessary. And it is truly, Chrome OS is its own operating system, just like Windows, just like Linux, just like Android, and several others coming down the pike. So, yeah, this is a tough to beat a Chromebook. Really, really tough to beat a Chromebook. Yeah, I was uh, I was in uh, Costco the other day. An Asus Chromebook, 14-inch display, 4 gigabytes of memory, 32 gigs of storage. Perfect. More than you'd ever need. You can download a movie or TV shows or whatever if you're traveling. 230 bucks. Tough to beat. Tough to beat. Now, I, I got mine at about that price point. It was an HP. It happened to be. And and we're not, you know, in business with Google or Chromebook. No. But I'll tell you what, I've had very good luck. I'm able to do banking. I'm able to check email. I have it around the house. I travel with it. I'll bring it out to the fair. Um, when we were doing the prep poll game at U.S. Bank Stadium, I had my Chromebook with. You know, it's it's one of those things where it, it's a nice little appliance to be able to get online. Turn it on, it just works. Yeah. Now, if folks go to the Google store and they're looking at the pixels, get ready. They're going to start for about $700, but this yeah. is no-nonsense equipment. 
These are absolute beautiful machines, and you can spend up to $1,500 on a, on a Pixel Book. But they are unbelievable displays, front and rear cameras. They got all the bells and whistles. But as you brought up earlier in the program, with a Chromebook, you need to be online. I mean, that's it. You're not going to be doing stuff offline with this thing. Now, if you've downloaded a movie, you'll be able to watch that movie on the internal memory. But any of the other stuff, well, you need to be online. You're quite limited. That's exactly correct. So if you're in an area uh, like you and I, Steve, we're in the Twin Cities. We got plenty of Internet no matter where we go. A Chromebook is going to fit our bill. If you're in an area where you have real poor Internet and you're paying big dollars for possibly a Wi-Fi or something, that might not be the best solution for you. So your working environment is going to make a difference. I wish I had a dollar for everybody who is a business traveling business person who said, I got a Chromebook just so I could travel and have never had a problem. Because nearly every hotel, motel is going to have a data center and Wi-Fi. And anytime you're close to the freeway, you can get connected. Tough to beat. And the HPs, the Asus, the Toshibas, the Samsungs, when these manufacturers strap their wagon to the back of the Google horse. Google and Chrome OS did these guys a lot of favors, a lot of favors. So some of this, what we would consider today cheaper equipment, this is nice stuff. A Chromebook, see, my mother-in-law, for example, wanted to get on email, a senior, wanted to get be able to get on, I hate to say this, but Facebook, wanted to do the, the anything she was doing online. Chromebook, absolutely perfect for her. No complexity, no problem running. Turn it on, open up your Google Chrome browser, and off you go. Yeah, yeah easy peasy. Uh, free me a Gmail account is one of the keys. You need to have a Gmail account. Uh, that's a catch with it as well. You got to sign up for one of those. Um, to the text line at 81807. We promise we'll go to the phone lines momentarily. So a uh, quick word to John and Rick. Hang on momentarily. But on the text line, my Dell Windows 7 computer is only three years old. It's running really slow for simple word functions and online. They've tested for viruses. What can be going on? Why is this thing running so slow? There's something running in the background. Uh, this is a prime example where SV host files are running. Uh, it's very possible that when they bought this computer, it came with a specific antivirus that it looks like it's gone on the desktop but still running in services. Uh, I would be asking this customer if they were on the phone, have you saved a bunch of stuff on your desktop and robbing your system of RAM? Have you done any type of hard drive maintenance? Um, this would be a prime candidate for Oz Logic to do a disk defrag and optimize. And if that doesn't work, there's always this sweet little solution called an SSD drive. And now you're rocking. Yeah. So th- there's a number of things going on with that machine. Yeah. Is that something you would take a look for? Someone? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. And I don't charge to diagnose them. So, okay. yeah, that would be a, a three-year-old laptop should be doing everything for these folks except dishes and windows. Oh, I didn't pardon the pun. all right let's go to those phone lines right now we promise we'll go back to the text line shortly but let's get in some calls let's go to john john in bayport you're on the air hey uh thank you i enjoy listening to this program even though i'm not uh that technically smart yeah well you join the club what can we do for you (laughs) 
HP twenty five forty simple printer. Um, my son downloaded a, a Bomb Squad game for Christmas to print out all the instructions for the game. Okay, it had twenty three pages. It printed out twenty two pages. The twenty thirty printed out on a cardstock. Wow. And and it because there was no paper left. Oh my! And so it locked up my printer. We have tried to print out uh, emails at least six times, and you get the pop up window, and we have hit cancel. We've hit delete, and it says it's deleting those twenty three pages of that uh, instructions, but it, it it won't it won't stop. It just says it's deleting it. Every other email that we want to print won't print, and if we want to cancel it, it will cancel. It will delete. You so you've got you, got you you've got you've got you've got a print queue loop. Give me a call next week, and I'll walk you through this. This you've got several steps you got to do to clear this out. This is more common than you think, uh, but give me a call and we'll take care of that. But too lengthy to take on the radio. Yeah, for sure. Is it one of those where? Uh, he could go to the trouble of completely uninstalling this printer and and starting over. Even that might not work. I got you. Uh, if that loop is in the queue and there's updates trying to attempt and they're going and they're overwriting the queue, there's several factors that could be going into this. But he's definitely got a loop. If it's continuing, just it's a loop, and that that's one of the dreaded things with computers because computers are stupid. They're only going to do what people tell them what to do. And something's telling this thing to do the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, and and by the way, putting card stock or heavier stock in can uh, throw computers off. I speak from experience. Oh, during print, the week. oh you bet. If they're not set up uh, to to run that, that that throws them. Oh, oh, you bet. <laughs> that that puts them in a tizzy. Uh, let's go to Rick next. Rick in Coon Rapids. Hello. Oh, uh, say guys, my desktop. Every time I go to download and install. Firefox, it gets about halfway through, stalls, and says that my profile is missing. Oh, yeah, you better give me a call, too. You have a damaged profile in Windows. If you want to attempt to fix this, you need to go to Control Panel. Hopefully, you're in Windows 7. Go to Control Panel, Users, and create another profile. Make sure that the profile you create, you're an administrator. Reboot your computer and log into the other profile. I think that's what you're dealing with. That will, act, but now remember, all of your data is stored on your original profile. You may want to copy that to a safe place before you start messing around with this. Damaged profiles can create a lot of havoc for folks. Um, but that's yeah. If if you can't install Firefox or Chrome or something on that nature, that's that's rock solid, stable, and you you know it can be trusted. Yeah, then you there's work to be done. And thank you for the call. All right, as promised, let's jump back to the text line at eight one eight zero seven. Very busy indeed today on the text line. Uh, Doug, what software do you use to clone a Windows ten PEC hard drive so it can be upgraded to an SSD? How do you go about doing that? If you wanted to mirror the drive. I generally suggest the people just purchase a Samsung SSD drive. They're a little bit more expensive. Gorgeous, gorgeous pieces of work. And they're not that much more. 
But Samsung website has this tool called Data Migration Tool. And you go and you start your computer up just like you did before. You have a USB adapter for your new drive. They're about six bucks now. And once you get the data migration software installed, you plug that drive in. May take six hours, may take seven, may Do take Do it 12. overnight. Yeah. yeah, it could, depending upon how well your computer is running. When that's done, you'll shut off the data migration, turn off your computer, put in the new hard drive, and boot. The first time you boot, if it comes up with an error, leave it there, even if you got to reboot it a second time. This thing is so smart, it even makes adjustments to your BIOS or your setup. And once you get back up, every one of your programs will be there, but then it's time to really clean up the operating system if you've gone that far. And the good news is you have a full backup on the old drive. It's perfect. Yeah, see, I really like this. Yeah, at the cost of hard drives today, I encourage everybody to yeah, that twenty four bucks or forty dollars for a two hundred and forty gig or a four hundred and eighty gig. If push comes to shove, I'd even help pay for that. So just the fact that we can put it all back like it was before we started. If somebody's unhappy and give them back their money, it's huge. It's huge. Plus, you're right. You have another storage of data. All right, we have a quick break. From the text line, we're going to be able to take care of a couple here with with one for Doug, so I'm going to combine these. Uh, Windows 7, uh, Windows 8, what do you recommend for virus protection right now? I know this has changed over time. What are your thoughts on virus protection for these Windows machines? Well, you know, we talk about this almost every week, and I feel like I teeter between here, 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 and here. Sure. I'm back to malware bites. And I'm only back there for one reason. You know, last couple weeks we talked about Bitdefender a lot. Well, it appears to me that Bitdefender's website says, okay, it's $39 for up to three devices. Well, that's cool because I'm paying $39 for one device over at Malwarebytes, except for one thing. When I check out, I'm paying $39 for each device. And I can't find anywhere in the contract if they're going to renew all three of those for the same price. So after a year, am I going to be paying 75 for each device? Don't know. I'm back to malware bites. Straightforward business. Here's what it costs. It'll cost that same thing next year and you're done. All right. So malware bites is where where you'd go on Windows 7, Windows 8. Absolutely. Malwarebytes.com. What about Windows 10? We talked about some privacy concerns at the top of the show. But uh, are, are Windows Defender still plenty? You're going to be okay. Now, if you want a machine that's completely completely blocked off from the Windows Update server, you're actually going to have to remove Windows Defender as well. And then you're going to have to purchase a commercial package. Like Malwarebytes. And in my at my place, it would be Malwarebytes. Okay. All right, quick break. We've got more Tech Talk with Doug coming up. Tech Talk continues. Doug Swinhard in studio. Steve Thompson here. Jonathan Lowe is our studio coordinator. Um, let's go to that text line. Again, by the way, we'll have Doug's phone number and email coming up in a moment. Uh, here's one from the text line. And you're a big advocate. I'm a big believer in this for a few bucks more. I, I don't want to spend people's money. But uh, getting uh, the maximum speed you can at home is uh, what you want. That's going to help your Wi-Fi, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, Internet access today is a whole different ball game. 
there was a time way, way back in the uh, early 80s when the Internet was first started, Internet service providers were paying for their bandwidth and reselling their bandwidth. So customers were suffering with bandwidth throttling. That's not the case today. With CenturyLink and Comcast, it does them no good to throttle anybody's bandwidth. And in fact, it actually costs them more money. They want that network packet coming through their server and getting out of there as fast as possible. With that said, the different price tiers for Comcast, for example, I just think a 250 megabit per second is absolutely phenomenal. And even though CenturyLink says, well, we got 40 megs per second. When you take a look at network latency, they're really not that far off. So you can't just go by the number. you got to learn a little bit about the networking as well. I personally think that Comcast Xfinity is the premier service today. Costs a little bit more, but I really think that they're it. They definitely are. They've done so much to compress video and accelerate speed, but it does matter. If you're going to get on the Internet, just step up and buy it. Trust me, when you learn to use your search engines, it will pay for itself each and every month, guaranteed. Um, here's a pretty good one. Someone got a new iPad uh, over the holidays, but they're having problems with pop-ups. What do you recommend in getting rid of pop-ups? This can be uh, a problem on a laptop, a desktop, uh, a tablet, whatever. Something's off here. Uh, uh, if it's brand new equipment, they're still under Apple Care. I would give Apple a call, and they yes. will solve it in minutes. Uh, the one thing Apple Mac really has, especially with new equipment, is unparalleled support. Unparalleled. I I don't care what you buy for a computer. When it comes to that first purchase, that first six months, year, all the while you got Apple Care, they're gonna fall all over themselves taking care of you. Well, I remember uh, my daughter got a new iPhone 10 a while back, and this is an important tool. She's disabled, so so she's writing papers on this phone. She's doing all sorts of stuff on this phone, and uh, she was having a problem with it. Um, I know it's rare, but it was extraordinary what they did. Basically, they played around with it for 30 minutes and said, tell you what, we're going to bag it up. We're going to get you a new one. Yeah. Yeah, End of the story. Yeah, there's no nonsense. You know, and, yep. and, and, and even me, I'll whine and complain about the high price of the Apple equipment at least once a week. But let's face it, the first thing to go when it comes to be money as an issue is customer support. Yeah, so uh, hard to argue with the way oh, they support Oh, it really is. They're equipment. doing it right. Doug, we've got to run uh, your phone number and email. Thank you. 651-552-9543. And, of course, WCCOTech.com. W-C-C-O-T-E-C-H dot com, 651-552-9543. And thanks to all the callers. Great day. And I love using this line. We'll see you next year. See ya. All right, there he is. Doug Swinehart, Saturday is between 1 and 2 o'clock with Tech Talk. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.